This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. And what always surprises me is they're going to barrel into turn oh, number one miss. wide open. We're racing in the Irish Hills of Michigan. He's running out. You hear it running out now. And pit road's going to be close. It's going to be another penalty. Kevin Harvick still out in front, sweeping stage one and stage two. Oh, he ran over something. This is huge. Oh, my goodness. Ow. Harvick is now the leader as he comes around and puts 10 to go on the board. Another three. That three was a three off the tire. Kevin Harvick, he has been dominant. He's led 108 laps from Michigan. He'll win again in the Irish Hills. Keelan Harvick in the passenger seat. Dad just dominated at Michigan. NASCAR America presented by Mobile One. Carol Amano, Kyle Petty, Parker Kligerman, and all-star cast here today on the program. Today we're going to hit the key storylines for Michigan. We actually think we may have solved the Ty Dillon Ooh, yes. debris mystery. Big, Stay big. tuned. Yes, we have some sleuths out on the case. But let's start with the highlights from the Irish Hills. Michigan International Speedway. Denny Hamlin started on the pole for a second straight week. Able to get a top 10 finish out of that, coming home in eighth. And William Byron and Martin Truex Jr. battling a little bit here, Parker, in stage one. Right, you see William get really loose down on the bottom there. Probably just overdrove that car trying to make the pass on Martin Truex Jr., who Martin was probably a little upset about this. And I agree with him in saying that was most likely a rookie mistake. William was trying to do what, Kyle? Slant job. Yeah, yes. he was, <laughs> but it just did not work out. You see him get so loose down there. And Martin had this to say on the radio. What the f doing? The second time he did that. Almost in the third lane for his dumbass. A little hot there. Recovered to finish fifth in the stage. Um, stage one, we know, belonged to Kevin Harvick. Restart on lap 30 here. He gets a little push from Denny Hamlin to get ahead of Kyle Busch. Gets a great push, uh, and he goes straight to the bottom of the racetrack. They talked in pre-race. We talked about how the outside line, we thought it was going to be the better line. Kevin Harvick once again proves us long, and we're playing the Kevin Harvick drinking game. <laughs> Playoff, playoff points. points. There we playoff go. Playoff points. You get a playoff stage point. Winner. You get a playoff point. You get a playoff point. Um, we move along, though, to stage two. Had some interesting strategy. Ryan Newman would spin on lap 74 to bring out the caution, and then some drivers decided to stay out. Right. I like the call by some of these, including Jimmy Johnson right there in the 48. He stays out to take the lead. Martin Truex Jr. does, and Daniel Suarez. Trying to use some strategy to steal track position. I love that. But Ryan Blaney and Eric Jones would get together here, spinning out Eric Jones down into turn one, and this would cause a bit of a headache for some of these crew chiefs. Jimmy elects to pit, Truex and Suarez stay out. Yep, trying to make it to the end of stage on fuel, but as it came to a close, Truex is trying to stretch here. Truex is trying to stretch, and if, listening to these guys, they were running two or three seconds slower. They're passed by Blaney here, they're passed by Bush. They stretch as long as they can. We see Suarez come to pit road finally towards the end of this segment. Remember, they stayed out. We see him stretch and stretch, and look, 
at the time we're thinking, what are they trying? They've got nothing to lose. They might as well gamble. They might as well do something. Runs out of gas. Ends up getting a double penalty here. Too fast on pit road. Equipment outside the box. But they don't compound him, so he's safe. And look who goes on to win stage two. Hey, I've never seen that before. Yeah. Oh, well, Playoff points. Of the year. This was what everybody was talking about, Parker. Ty Dillon running over a serious piece of debris that caused a ton of damage. Exactly, and I can only hope, I think that he was only hoping that probably wasn't something like a battery sitting there, but it was. It would knock his oil cooler off, put oil all over the tires, and he would not have any control as that car careened in the wall. A scary moment for Ty Dillon. Thankfully, he was all right. But as you said earlier in the show, we might have found out what he was wondering, where it came from. Yeah, and then the final stage featured his brother in addition to Kevin Harvick. And this was, in my opinion, the strategy call of the race. I love this move by Justin Alexander to take two tires, have a shorter pit stop than Kevin Harvick in the four. They got out ahead of him. Austin Dillon did a great job getting on off pit road. But there was a lapper in the way as they head down here into turn three, and they never would happen, which is Kevin Harvick passing him for the lead and going on to win his seventh race of the season in dominating fashion. Just incredible. Little yeah. did we know at the time he would already have a celebratory plan in place as well, which we'll see in just a second. But such a huge moment for Kevin Harvick as he earns his 44th Cup Series win of his career. Ties him with Hall of Famer Bill Elliott on the all-time wins list. Elsewhere in the top ten, Austin Dillon suffering that flat with two laps to go. Nursed at home, he finished fourth. It's his best result, by the way, since winning the Daytona 500 back in February. So nothing to sneeze at. Here's some more notable results for you. Clint Boyer won at Michigan back in June, if you recall. Could only muster a 12th place finish on Sunday. And Martin Truex Jr. following so many issues, ending up in 14th place. Let's hear more from Kevin Harvick after that dominant drive in our burnout interview. What an incredible win for Kevin Harvick, 108 laps led. And he wanted to know if Keelan could come out here and say hi to the fans. Say hi to Keelan, everyone. You wanted him to get the checkered flag, why? <laughs> well, he's, uh, he's asked me for a couple days that he said, Daddy, if you win, I want to go across the track and get the checkered flag. So um, pretty cool to, to be able to, to watch him do that. You got to wave it. Wave it. <laughs> what a moment. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Just want to say thank you to everybody at, at Stuart Haas Racing for uh, just a, a great bush light Ford, uh, Mobile One, uh, everybody from, from Ford and, and Outback and Hunt Brothers and, and everybody at Stuart Haas Racing, uh, Haas Automation, Mobile One, everybody who's involved in this thing. It is Kids Drive NASCAR Week, by the way. So how about these fans here in Michigan? What a turnout today, Kevin. Yeah, I just really want to thank everybody. Really appreciate everything that you guys do. Thanks for coming out today. All right, so here's the playoff leaderboard as we leave Michigan. Kevin Harvick adds seven more playoff points to his total after sweeping both stages and winning on Sunday. As for that battle right around the bubble, Alex Bowman remaining in control holds the final playoff spot by 62 points over Ricky Stenhouse Jr. So as you just saw, Kevin Harvick may have won the race, but his six-year-old son, <laughs> Keelan, absolutely stole the show afterwards. This is really such a sweet moment. I know you were right there looking yes. on, Kyle, and I just I can't imagine what it must have felt like because this resonated so much with the fans grabbing the flag. And then, oh, by the way, I'm just going to jump in the car as well. And, and to me, this was the cool part because I remember being a little boy riding home on the school bus, hearing my dad's race car run over at the shop. We'd run over there, jump in the right seat, just like right floorboard, just like Keelan there. And, and 
we'd go down the highway. My dad would drive the car on the on the highway. Here he is celebrating with Kevin Josh. Manager. Yes, with his manager here. This has been, but it brought back so many memories for me to watch Keelan set in a car and the grin on Kevin Harvick's face, priceless. I got a question. Your dad obviously won a lot of races, yes. right? We know that. Yep. Being the king. Did he ever pre-plan his celebrations like that? I, I know. Don't know. I mean, when you're winning this many races, do you have that like sort of time? No, no, no. But you know what? This is what was cool. They they talked about it. Here Kevin is talking to his six-year-old son about what it's like to win races, what it means to him to win races, to be there in that moment. And Keelan wants to he wants to celebrate it and wants to be a part of it. So it, when they talk about calling it, he kind of called it, but it was it was uh, priceless, priceless. It sounds like from what he posted on Instagram that this has just been a running yeah. narrative between the two. It's the summer. You've yeah. got a dad and a son hanging out, maybe doing a little quarter midget driving without Ooh, yeah. mom knowing, Ooh, that story. sort of thing, um, as Delana Harvick mentioned right on now. social. Yes, yes. Yeah, but it's the sort of thing it yeah. sounds like that a racing family talks about hey next time we win yeah. it's going to be you and you can grab the flag it's just it's good stuff listen from the time i was in the in the third grade every summer i traveled with my dad to the racetrack we went to riverside we went to michigan we went to texas we went to daytona i just jumped in the truck jumped in the van and that's how we traveled and those are the memories and and the moments when i saw david pearson and bobby allison and kel yarber and guys like Keelan's going to look back on this at some point in time, and he's going to say, man, I was there with Kyle Busch, with Jimmy Johnson, uh, with, yeah. with Kyle Larson, with guys like that. And his career may stretch for another 20 or 30 years, and he'll be that kid that's sitting in the seat someday talking about, hey, remember that time my dad won the race at Michigan and I was right there with him? I mean, he's six years old, Parker. Do you think he'll ever forget this? I mean, what an no, incredible I, moment. No. I mean, I love your recollection of your childhood because obviously I, I didn't grow up in a racing family, so I can't really relate <laughs> to this. All I know is I kind of would like to get that side, that right side uh, passenger view of Kevin Harvick <laughs> sometime, like on an actual lap, yes. so I could like take notes yeah. and be like, all right, this is what he's doing down the corner. Now, now, how can I replicate that on the, on we, the race We kind of well? had it yesterday, didn't you see it? He'd lay his arm over yeah, there. Yeah, no, I got to get that back going. Back <laughs> down the straightaway oh, move. How demoralizing is that when you're the other drivers and you see Kevin laid up in there it driving was like just this? Just yeah. Yeah. Then you get you guys by two, three yeah, That's what the kids call casual. Yeah, Hashtag that is. casual. That is. Um, what about his mentality, though, as the regular season winds down so quickly? Three races left. Yeah. I know he told you in the post-race coverage, yes. and I believe he told Marty Snyder before the race began, we are here to win races. Yeah. Um, you know, Rodney Childress, his crew chief, probably is worrying about all kinds of things as it relates to the playoffs. But what does it say about where Kevin Harvick's focus is? Well, I think it's kind of a, a you know, where this team is at, which is that they know when they show up to racetrack, it's kind of a disappointment if they're not two to three yeah. tenths faster in the field, right? And they're going blow for blow with the 18 and sort of the 78 in terms of uh, who can win a race week in and week out. And we've heard Kyle Busch talk about the fact that he feels like whenever these guys win, they must win the next yeah. week to back it up. I mean, this is NASCAR's version of a heavyweight title fight, right? Season long going on right now. So I think it really just boils down this race team knows points-wise they're obviously yeah. fine. The only thing they can achieve is winning stages and winning more races is to simply pad that playoff point total yeah. going into the playoffs. Yeah, a couple of things were said yesterday, and I'm going to say this. Rodney Childers said they were mad when they lost Pocono. Mad. They dominated Pocono. Okay, so they look at the road course in between Watkins Glen and say, we're going to get them when we get to Michigan. They had a point to prove. They came to Michigan with an axe to grind, and they showed everybody we can bounce back from the disappointment of having a dominant car and winning. The other thing Kevin said we come to get every playoff point we can. We yep. come to win. We come to win stages. We come to lead laps. That's where we're at. This is from a guy who in the next breath said, 
I'm having a career year. I cannot believe this. And we talk about drivers. <laughs> that might be an understatement. Yeah, yeah, but we talk about drivers being in the moment, and you say, do you realize what you're doing? Kevin Harvick realizes what he's yeah. doing. He realizes what this team is, and that makes it even more special, and it makes it even more pressure or puts even more pressure on them because they're like, everything we do ups the game for us. So they're – and I'll say this. Kevin and this team are racing against Kyle, Kyle Busch uh, and, and Martin Truex. But they're also racing against herself right now. They want to set a mark at Stuart Haas Racing and for Kevin Harvick and Rodney, Child- Rodney Childers that says this is what we're that capable of. That is such of. valuable insight that this team could possibly yeah. have an extra grind with what they've done. But because we're talking about playoff points and collecting all these valuable points heading into the playoffs, we just want to tell you, so Harvick has 40 playoff points yes. right now. That's five more than Kyle Busch. The other important battle going on, though, is for those extra 15 playoff points. The regular season points race. Bush leads Harvick by 62 points with just three races remaining. And if you win this thing, you get those valuable 15 extra points. So Kevin Harvick, Kyle, would have to essentially pick up 21 points per race on average over Kyle Busch in the last three races. Kyle Busch right now has a a very sizable lead when you look at the regular season point standing. How likely is it that that Kevin Harvick could pick up points over Kyle Busch, who, (laughs) (laughs) let's face it, is right there. But but I I look at it this way, and I I look at it maybe totally different because I'm looking at it and saying, okay, this is for bragging rights. This is for the regular season points race. It's for bragging. Yes, there's 15 for first and 10 for second. But if we go off of playoff points and that bonus 15 for first and that bonus 10 for second, they're tied right now. With three races to go, they're tied going into the playoff system. You mean in playoff points? And playoff points yeah. with their playoff points. So when you look at that, they're strictly racing for bragging rights on who's going to be the regular season champion. Do I think Kevin can can catch Kyle Busch? Not without Kyle, Kyle Busch having some catastrophic failure right. somewhere and having really bad luck and Kevin continuing on a hot streak. I just don't think head-to-head what we've seen out of these teams this year that he's going to catch that. But those playoff points, let's think about them. We've got three races to go. There's a lot of playoff points on the line with these last three races. Kevin may go in in second and come out ahead. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's why I think the mentality goes back to what the four team is talking about, which is winning races, winning stages, yes. because it just goes to padding that playoff point total so that when they go into the playoffs, if they don't win the regular season championship, as you said, they could possibly still be leading as we go in the playoffs yes. in the playoff point total. So I think that's why it's so important. Yes, there's a, a thought process, which is yes. that these teams feel like there's maybe more importance on winning this regular season championship, right? I think yeah. that we as racing teams and as drivers are starting to understand the importance of it. But when you really look at it, that's why these teams are focusing just on simply winning races. Yeah. They, they know all that. It's all focusing ahead into the playoffs. I want to take it in a different direction because uh, some of the writers over at FrontStretch.com, if you're familiar with that website, did a little bit of number crunching, and they found some really interesting stats comparing the season between Harvick and Bush. Just take a look at this for a second and look how similar this is between these two drivers, with the exception of stage wins. These two drivers have had remarkable similarities in performance. And the question here has to be, we've been talking about the big three for the last, I don't know how many months, and I'm not, you know, Martin Truex Jr. had a frustrating weekend. It's not like we're going to throw the baby out the backwater, whatever, but I'm not going to, I'm not going big two. However, (laughs) however, are they pulling away from everybody else, just the two of them. The terrible two? Mm. No, 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 not that either. That was good. I like that. I like that. Terrible twos? No, I think it is is a good point to bring up. That's remarkable seeing those stats. It seems like these two drivers are starting to separate themselves from everybody. And I agree with that, and I think 
you know, the 78 team has obviously been kind of the interloper yeah. there, and we want to call it the big three. And I, I hate to write off the 78 team because I think they're right there. They've just yeah. had a couple execution issues here and there. But obviously these two are at a whole nother level over the series. Yeah. And we talked about it yesterday in Victory Lap where I'm just astonished as a guy who's racing the series, who's watching all this go down and seeing the level of these race teams and seeing the level of the competition, that these two have found a way to elevate themselves yeah. to that point where they arrive to a racetrack in the Cup Series, the top of the game in the United States, and think, we got to be two to three tenths better yeah. in the field. I mean, it's just insane. I don't understand it. When I look at those stats, it just boggles my mind that these two have risen that level. Yeah, and 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 I'm I'm still keeping Truex in there because basically, I and, and I know I you're not taking them out. I know you're not taking them out. I know. I realize that. Seven. What they've run, sixteen or seventeen races out of the twenty-three. Those three teams have won. When you look at it, what amazes me is that they, this group, these two guys, predominantly, but that show up with better things are new things every week. They're not resting on their laurels. They show up with a trick piece here or something there or a little bit different gimmick they want to try or something that they think is going to make them faster. They're not resting on it. That's why Joey Logano said two weeks ago, we've got to come up with two to three things a week yeah. just to stay yeah. in the ball game with where these guys are at, much less catch up. What do you say about a pair that's won 17 out of 23? Mm. What do you say about a pair that's won 17 out of 23? I'm just Domination. Um, plenty to get to today on the show. We're just getting started. Coming up, uh, we mentioned what everybody had on their minds, especially on social media on Victory Lap after Sunday's race. What took Ty Dillon out of the race? We think we found the answer. We're going to let you hear it. You can decide from yourself. We're also going to hear from the other members of the Big Three. Mixed fortunes for Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. Plus, we will relive all the fun that Kyle and Dale Jr. and Jeff Burton had with the fans at the infield at Michigan. <laughs> this was must-see TV, I must say. And Look at that Justin, cooler. Yeah, Look at that cooler. It was cool. Good <laughs> and did Justin Algar put the drive of his career on display in Saturday's Xfinity race? All that and more coming up on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. ago, Scott Dixon won at Pocono on the way to the third of his four IndyCar titles. This Sunday, he'll try to keep Indy 500 champ Will Power from a Pocono 3 -peat. You can catch it at 2 Eastern right here on NBCSN. And earlier today, Dixon signed a multi-year contract extension with Chip Ganassi Racing. We're going to talk to him about that when he joins us on NASCAR America this Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern. We're looking forward to that. Meantime, uh, back to some of NASCAR's championship drivers. Let's hear from two of the big three, beginning with Martin Truex Jr., who had a frustrating day. Oh, well, there's one thing that's for certain. It was not our day. Um, you know, I told uh, our, our friends in the five-hour suite this morning, I said, this year, whatever it is, we, we either finish top five or 14th. <laughs> sure enough, we're 14th. So, um, you know, I think uh, what we can take out of today was just, um, you know, we got the race car a lot better. We had good speed. You know, we were up front there saving fuel and leading, and they couldn't do nothing with us and, uh, until I had to start saving so much that obviously I had to let them go. So, Passed a lot of cars today, had uh, had a good car when we get some track position. It's just uh, one of those days where, you know, we, we had bad pit stops and nothing nothing just went our way. Um, getting spun out early really hurt, got damaged the car, that hurt us. Um, but we were able to recover from that and then the fuel situation and uh, getting a lap down because of the penalty. I mean, it's just, it was a snowball effect day, but uh, still to come back 14th is not, uh, it's not awful. Uh, you better be right on uh, to win these races these days just with, uh the guys that are winning and being able to execute and having the best of the best that day. So, um, you know, our interstate batteries, Camry, was pretty close and certainly wish we had just a tick more. But, um, you know, overall, 
good day for us. It's Michigan, so uh, we don't count on much coming to Michigan, but um, top three, we'll we'll take that. But uh, you know, the restarts are just the name of the game here, and we were kind of on the bottom the last couple of them and got shuffled back and just wasn't able to pass. And once everybody got strung out, error was the reason why everybody got strung out. And once everybody did that, you just you couldn't make up any time on anybody really. So. Uh, Best chance we had to pass guys was just off strategy from them there at the end and uh, and on pit road. So we did what we could and got the most out of our day. All right, because we've heard from the big three, let's look at the bubble drivers who would probably love to have what the big three are having. Parker and Kyle over at the touchscreen for more on that. Right, Carolyn. And let's start with the bubble boy himself. You ever see that movie? Yeah, yeah. you've got to touch it. I'm not allowed to touch I'm it. you got to touch the name. Oh, you got to hit the name. name. There, there it go. is. Now yeah, we got I knew it. that. Even you knew I it. Knew Our that. magic touchscreen <laughs> finally showed up. Look, he joined us. All right, stage one, 10th, stage yes. two, 17th, finished 19th, average running position of 14.6. But this doesn't tell the whole story for this no. team. We saw him run as high as third place. And then we heard, I saw him tweet after the race that basically they went from a third place car to a 20th place car out of nowhere. So what happened to this race team? We're not really sure. But the thing is, that is what this race team needed to do, is even if they were yes. going to have a day that was going pear-shaped, they still salvage a 19th place finish. Yeah, what I think it's hard for people to grasp and fans to grasp is he's racing to be in the playoffs. All he has to do is race around that 16th position and make sure Jimmy Johnson and Stenhouse and some of those guys don't get too far ahead or too far behind because he just can't lose points to them. He doesn't care about the big three. He doesn't care that Kevin Harvick lapped the field and ran <laughs> nope. away with everything and he and Keelan, he, he doesn't care about that. Does not right now. Now, a guy that might have had it let something get away here with his misfortune would have been the 17 yes. of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Now, when you look at his results, stage one, 15th, stage two, 19th, finished 18th, an average running position of 18.2. That does tell the whole story. That tells me the story we've seen all along from the 17 car, which is that they do not feel like they even have the speed to really be in playoff contention, but have been able to execute and find themselves yeah. in this position. But when you look at those results, that just shows me they didn't have it. They didn't no. have the speed. No, they, they didn't have the speed. But what I do like about these guys is they maximized what they had. We've seen this team go in and have a top 12 or 13 car end up with a 28th place finish. Today or yesterday, they maximized where they were at. And by Alex Bowman finishing one position behind him and getting a little bit of playoff time up there uh, and finishing in that top ten, it was pretty much a wash for him. So exactly. no, no harm, no foul Didn't here. gain anything on him when they maybe had a chance. Now, let's talk about another team, and that is seven-time Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. It's odd to talk about him in this position of yes. being, you know, not locked into the playoffs by this time of the year. But when you look at their results, this was interesting. Stage 1, 17th. Stage 2, 14th. He finishes 28th because yeah. they had a loose wheel. Average running position of 15th. This team took a gamble, and yeah. I loved it. I saw Chad Knauss and him stay out, and then they ended up pitting again later after that, which I didn't quite understand. But they took that gamble, stole track position, led some laps, and really showed everyone that they weren't they're feeling comfortable about their points position, and therefore they're willing to take yeah. a gamble like this to see what their car will do up front, to see maybe if they have more speed in that 48. You got look if you're racing 17th to 14th somewhere in that range, you don't know what your car is going to do out front. You don't know what it's going to do in clean air. I love that Chad was willing to gamble. Uh, we've seen Chad and Jimmy gamble so many times in the past for the win. It just seems odd to see them gambling for a 13th or 14th place or to put them in the top five. Uh, that seems a little odd. And I was a little disappointed in the entire Hendrick organization yesterday. And you go back to Alex Bowman, that they started good but faded and couldn't figure out how to adjust. That's something these teams, the Hendrick organization, has to understand how to adjust. Exactly. They're just still just looking for that speed. Yes. But let's switch gears to Team Penske, where Michigan native Brad Keselowski finished second. Let's hear from him now. 
It's a good rally day for this Count Tire Ford team. Um, you know, not, not the win we want, Kelly, obviously, but uh, we're right there. I don't know. <laughs> just feel like we keep knocking on the door here, but uh, haven't been able to break through. So it's frustrating and rewarding on the same point because uh, or the same side because, uh, you know, the last few weeks we've, we've had some struggles and it's nice to get a good run underneath us. Yeah, you talk about those struggles. I know that there's not another track like this when we get into the playoffs, but what's the significance of having that kind of speed as we close in on them? Yeah, you know, you still have a lot of real fast tracks in the playoffs, you know, with Homestead, Texas, uh, Vegas. And uh, so to, to be fast on a track like this is, is not, a, not a bad thing. And I would agree with that. It is definitely not a bad thing because Michigan's definitely a downforce track where you yes. need that downforce to go fast. But when you look at his results on this two car, I think this was fascinating. Stage one, ninth. Stage two, ninth. Finishes second. His average running position, 9.52. This team did what I've seen them do throughout the year and is the reason I believe they joined the big three as the fourth best car in this series. Yeah. And that is that Paul Wolf was able to manufacture some track position for Brad Keselowski right in the, late in the race with some, with some strategy. And Brad didn't give it up. Yeah. He held on to it. He did all the right things to finish second with a car, in my opinion, was ninth place speed, yeah. right? That's where they ran the whole race. So that is why, to me, this team is finds himself in the position to rival that big three, given a chance that they make it all the way to Homestead, Miami. I, I would agree that this at this time of the season, they are putting themselves in that position to be the best of the rest. And, and you said it, this team, Paul Wolf, Brad Keselowski, the Penske organization. Three cars in the top 10 yesterday. They found some stuff. They're maximizing it. We just talked a minute ago about guys that run 8th or ninth and dropped to 25th. Here's a group that understood the adjustments, put themselves in position, and maximized their day. You see my face? What? I'm so excited. You agreed with me. <laughs> Kelly, he agreed with me. I thought that was... The two I thought, cars, the fourth best car. I thought you were imitating Menard. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's my happy face. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Parker's been talking about the two for weeks and weeks and weeks, and now he gets uh, a little bit of help on that argument. All right, coming up, Ty Dillon, the debris mystery revealed. A soundbite from one team's radio may have given us the answer. We're coming back next. talk about that funny thing racers luck let's play a game of chance here what are the chances that AJ Allmendinger would come onto pit road get hit from behind by Casey Kane spin into his stall uh, and have his crew make the pit stop backwards 100% because the way his year's been going <laughs> honestly I'm not surprised well I like this game already what are the chances that Martin Truex Jr. would run out of gas two races in a row at Watkins Glen on the last lap and then yesterday at the end of stage two. Listen, with Colpern, you're going to gamble as much as you can, so the chances are high. Okay, chances like are it. good. I like that gamble. Chances yeah. are good. Oh, what too. are the chances that a six-year-old kid would be the first to grab the checkered flag and then ride shotgun in the winning car? Come on. Well, I there were seven times this year you could have had that chance. Yeah, <laughs> come on, come on. Clint Boyer won up there the last race, so it's already happened. <laughs> okay, you know what? It's 50 /50 you know what? This is a new game that we're trying. Keep your negativity to yourself. What are the chances that a mystery piece of debris would appear on the backstretch, get run over, take out the number 13 car of Ty Dillon? Lucky uh, number 13. How many cars are still Lucky running? Lucky 13. Lucky 13. People. So there was probably like 34 cars still yeah. running, so one in 34. There you go. Good, <laughs> good one. Good one. I had no idea you guys were so good at math. Yes, Who we knew? are. <laughs> we're going to the casino after this. Don't worry. I had no idea you guys Cars have numbers. Add. Please don't go to the casino after this. Listen, this has been the mystery that everybody's been talking about for the last 24 hours. What happened yes. on Victory Lap, Parker? We yes. got inundated with social stuff. 
What was the debris? Where did it come from? How could Ty Dillon yeah. have hit it? You name Ty it, was it came himself. to us. So we put our sleuths, Ooh. our mm. detectives, there we go. on the case. Angela Lansbury, um, Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> what is he talking it's about? one of his favorite shows. <laughs> yes, they were, um, they were, okay, they were preparing for Scandal. Sherlock Holmes? And they came across some audio that might have uh, solved the mystery. So here's the radio from, I can't take it seriously, from Timmy Hill's 66 team. Listen. I've lost power here. Um, I mean, come in, I need you to play with that dash, um, okay? Power? Dash is dead, dash is dead. I need you to play with that switch, must be the switch. It's the battery, is the battery there? It's the dash, it has to be the dash, man. It's the battery, battery is gone. Battery's gone? All right, so let's get serious about this. What is your reaction to hearing that? Yeah, now, now let's, let's put the, the audio with the stuff, because when we did this in, in rehearsal, the audio that we heard was when the car was on pit road. Okay, yep. so they took the tire off. That's when the guy said the battery is gone. Nobody said the battery's gone. We see it on the racetrack. Nobody said that. So I, I just wanted to clear that yeah, no, up because when you're watching it, when you're watching it, you think, okay, they're talking while they're on the racetrack. They no, weren't. Nope. No, and I think it's a great point. And I, I think you know fans are wondering, okay, you know, for them that race team, what what's their move after that? Yeah. And I think for them, they don't know at that point. Did it fall off on yeah. the road? Where is it? What happened? They're they're still assessing the situation, and their immediate thing is, okay, what happens? Well, guess what? The pack is already in 28 seconds or so, run back around to that yeah. point where the battery was, and someone like Ty Dillon is an unfortunate recipient of a battery sitting on the backstretch. So it's just a product of, obviously, the lap times being very short. You have a lot of race cars on the racetrack. That team was trying to figure it out, and obviously they had an issue. And how does that happen? I'm not exactly sure how a battery sometimes yeah. just falls out of a car. I don't know. You would have felt it by running it over, yeah. most likely. But the fact is that we probably just found it there for Ty, so that is where it came from. And I think for the 66 team, they're, they're thinking – they're as upset as Ty is, yeah, is that that exactly. happened. You know, yeah. they don't want to cause that sort of thing. Yeah. They, they go in, when they put the car together and, and you assemble the car, you you check every bolt, you check every nut, you lock tight, you safety wire. This, this was a part failure. Something happened on that 66 car to allow the battery to come out of the box and come out on the racetrack. You would have thought that Timmy Hill would have run over it, would have felt it. Yep. Now, maybe it came out at a different angle. Let's go back to yesterday. This is incredibly high speeds. 210, 212 miles an hour going into the corners, 185, 90 miles an hour in the middle of the corners. These cars take a beating, a beating structurally, just stretch, or the stress, the, the, the way they flex, the way things happen. You can't count on fixing everything. That's why we have parts failures. That's why things happen. Um, but you know, I, th I think on my Twitter, what was the most confusing from a fan perspective was the NASCAR set. Did not yeah. a spotter around the racetrack see it? You know, we've so many times fans have said, oh, that was a phantom caution. Why would they have that caution? We didn't see any debris. That they, they couldn't find it. This is a time that the fans are asking, why didn't you see it? And I also just want to double down on one thing before we move on, and that's that this is what our radio communication found, that he was missing yes. a battery. So yes. nothing has come from NASCAR, no penalties, True. nothing like that. We found this on our radios when we were putting our scan all together, and you can hear more on tomorrow's show from the whole complete scan all. But that's what we found for what it's worth. We are talking about taking chances and the theory of chance. So I wonder what the chances are that Daniel Suarez makes it into the playoffs. He is 82 points out now with three regular season races left. Probably going to take a win. I think everybody feels like that's going to be the case. He had a good car at Michigan the weekend. Did not start well.
Daniel Suarez, you see his number 19. It's close to us. That's not a good thing because we're all the way down here, Daniel. Thanks for joining us, but you're going to have to do this the hard way today. You know, it's not a good thing, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be, be fun. fun for me and for you like and that. for all the fans because my car is fast and uh, we're going to be passing some people today, so it's going to be fun. Daniel Suarez, he started in the back. He had that wreck and qualifying. He's driven up to 18th. In some ways, it's if you can drive up through the front, it's very, it's a lot of fun driving up Absolutely, through the front. Absolutely, yeah. If you've got a car as fast as his has been all weekend, I'd start in the back every week. Daniel Suarez has been pretty unrestricted today, driving his way to the front all the way up to 11th. Just minor complaints about the handling of the race car. He knew it would be good today. Daniel Suarez, Joey Logano, Kyle Busch all in the top five. Daniel Suarez team believes he's going to have to pit before stage end, which would be a shame because he'll give up stage points. Suarez does have to come to pit road. Steve, your point though, that's with three to go. So he may just be limiting the, the potential damage by pitting now versus later. Nice 11th place finish after starting right in the back of this pack. Hey amigos, we're here leaving the, the racetrack. A little disappointed because we have a fast Toyota Camry Stanley, um, but we just never got the track position. Uh, we tried a couple of different things with the strategy to, to gain some track position and, uh, and it just didn't work out a couple of times. So we we kind of start back back again in the back and then, you know, passing cars and stuff. So a little disappointed because definitely we had a top five, top 10 car and uh, we ended up 11. An eventful driver as far as at Michigan. He had speed rising as high as third during the race, and as you saw earlier, had to pit before the end of stage two, which sent him back, but able to rally and finish 11th. But Kyle, I know you spoke to him, and as yeah. you just heard, mentioned disappointment with track position there. Yeah, and I think he was. You know, he made the comment he was going to make the playoffs. I, I don't think he is now. I truly don't. I think his best shot was uh, the last three races were at Pocono, a second, a fourth at Watkins Glen, and then coming into Michigan, which was a good place for him. Darlington, Bristol, Indy, it's going to be tough. Uh, at the same time, he talked yesterday and he told us how close they're working with Kyle Busch and that 18 team. So I expect great things out of him for the rest of the year. May not make the playoffs, but he's going to be a threat at some of these racetracks. Okay, coming up, we are going to hit the road with the Xfinity Series. How did Justin Allgaier come from behind in the final lap to take the checkered flag at Mid-Ohio? A very memorable finish when NASCAR America returns. Stay with us. We're coming right back. Greetings from the UK. Hey. I came off pit road with the lead in the rain with my rain tires on, and I was like, yes. Then I got the call on the radio that we had too many men over the wall. Oh. I would say that this guy could get scrappy if he needed to. Matter of fact, I think this guy and this guy have gotten scrappy together. Together. I think they have. Here I am, five minutes away from walking out in front of fans and waving and acting like a celebrity, and I'm changing a poop diaper. Changed one this morning. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is going to show up and say, ah, let's just leave it there. We'll go get some beer. <laughs> Eric, thanks for being on yep. the show. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Junior just yelling at us all the time. Bye. That's just, it, bye. See but that's what we do out here too, just yelling at everybody. Um, <laughs> such good stuff on Wednesdays with Dale Jr. You got all the drivers there having fun. Um, tune in another edition this Wednesday at 5 Eastern. Let's check in with the Xfinity Series now, though. Uh, more road course racing for them Saturday in mid-Ohio. We're going to pick this one up. 
with six laps to go. Parker, I know you were there. You were all over this. Justin Algar getting a great restart from fifth. Right. We said it's probably a career year for Justin Algar. Well, this was a career race and a career restart here. He goes all the way down the outside here into turn two and does what I didn't think was possible with newer tires. Goes around one, two, three cars on the outside of turn two. That just should not be possible. And it puts him side by side down the back stretch for second, which would give him a run at Austin Cindric later. Austin Cindric was the one that was dominant all day, but Algar would in fact reel him in and take the lead with four to go. Right, and he just used those new tires to his advantage, then got to Austin cleaned him or passed him cleanly here to take the lead. I mean, this was incredible. I just did not think it was going to be possible for him to get there. On the final lap, there was some trouble behind the leader's contact from Ross Chastain sending Joey Gase around. Yeah, these two had a, a couple run-ins here late in the race and just were very upset with each other as you Justin see them run into here. But the winner, Justin Allgaier, the drive of his career. But then look at this after the race. Chastain and Gase continuing their feud in the pits and the garage confronting each other. Their crews get into it as well a little bit. They were just very upset after this one. I got to speak to both of them, and neither was happy with the other. So as we say in racing, that was one of them racing deals. That was one of them racing yes. deals. One of them racing I like deals. It. All right, let's pull up the uh, regular season uh, standings here, if we can, the point standings. What did you see when you look at this? We've talked about Christopher Bell and Justin Elgar as kind of two titans in this series so far as we head towards the playoffs. So what stands out to you? Well, one, how tight it is. Two, Elliot Sather and Daniel Hemrick were fighting for that uh, regular season point lead for a while and actually tied at one point earlier in the year. But now Chris Ravel has obviously shown himself to be at the top right now. I think what we're seeing, though, is a very competitive experience series. I know Justin Algaier and Chris Rebell have really separated themselves in the win column. But Elliot Sadler, Daniel Hemrick, even Cole Custer are yeah. really competitive week in and week out. And I'm just expecting that 21 car of Daniel Hemrick at some point to really break out and go up there and challenge the 7 and the 20 car for maybe some wins later in the year. And yeah. five races left in the regular season yeah. for Xfinity, so a little bit more time than the cup drivers have. There is a little bit more time, but look at the races they've run and look how balanced that points yeah. the, the points are, yeah. how close they are. We, we just came from uh, the magic board over there. Uh, whatever we call it, <laughs> I'm blank. Uh, the touch, touch screen. screen. The touch screen. Touch but we, we're talking about we're talking about those guys, 50 or 60 points in, or 120 points out, and all this stuff. I mean, these guys are within 15 or 20 points yeah. from first back to fifth or sixth. So mm -hmm. it, it shows the balance in the Xfinity series. And they're such an, an such an odd part of their schedule too. They go Watkins Glen to another oh, yeah. road course to a Bristol yeah. short track to another road course at Road America. So someone like Christopher Bell, he's not feeling very safe yeah. about that because I've been talking to him and he had a great run up at Ohio, but road course racing is so foreign to him. He's just doing the best he can to learn it as quickly as possible. Yeah. If he can take the speed he had at Mid-Ohio to Road America, though, I think he's safe. And then if you're Justin Allgaier on this Monday, you're thinking, what, that was the best performance I've ever had in my life? I personally think it was just from seeing him pass so many cars yeah. and make so much happen on that late race restart. I mean, he goes from being at the front of that race to spinning out to finding a way to get back to victory lane. That is a race to me that I just don't know if I would have seen him be able to drive that race two or three years ago. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought his restarts were some of the most magical restarts that we've seen from the very start of the race. From the very start of the race, he used that same move and picked up four or five positions. He used it again. He used it a third time, got run out in the grass now. I will say that. You go the well too many times, but it worked for him again at the end. I know you just love talking about magic here. How about that magical yeah, that magic time? Screen. How about that magical time you had in the infield? <laughs> oh, that was magical. Yeah. Are you that, kidding me? That was magic. Yes. Um, <laughs> when we come Those back, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to take a closer look at all the fun that Jeff Burton and Junior and Kyle Petty had. <laughs> Stay with us. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Kevin Harvick hasn't had to do anything half speed today. He has been dominant. He's led 108 laps from Michigan. He'll win again in the Irish Hills. Hell of a job, man. Hell of a job. Another win on Sunday for Kevin Harvick. So let's hear more on his seventh win of the season from his team at Stewart Haas Racing in our pit crew review. He's led 108 laps from Michigan. He'll win again in the Irish Hills. Great job, guys. Awesome weekend. Thank you so much. Great job. Hi, I'm Billy Keebler, uh, race engineer on the four car. Uh, man, victory lane here at Michigan. Uh, it means, uh, means a lot of things to a lot of people. Ford is a manufacturer. They come in here in the backyard. You want to do your best, you want to win. And it's my backyard too, uh, growing up in Manchester, Saline area. Um, spent a lot of time coming out here and enjoying racing. And to get out here and finally be able to celebrate in Victory Lane at, at my home track is a really, really special moment. Yesterday was my birthday too, so it's a pretty awesome weekend. <laughs> How about that? What a great moment. Cool. You know what? We, awesome. we always talk about how proud a driver is yeah. when he wins at his home track. But you know what? Crew members have that same feeling, too. It is clear that Michigan's own Billy Keebler very proud on Sunday after helping this latest win for the 14. That was a great moment. NASCAR fans are some of the best in all of sports. Yes, they are. We know this. That's and, an understatement. And on Friday, it is. I'm sorry. The best. Um, Kyle, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jeff Burton saw firsthand that when the fans show up at Michigan, they show up prepared. <laughs> Live from the Michigan International Speedway, we told you Kyle Petty, Jeff Burton, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. were surprising fans knocking on doors in the what end. Does, what does the man say at the yeah. counter when you bring all this up here? Where's the party at? Yeah. <laughs> man, they got oh, the there's flag. a bus! We got the, I feel like I'm in a Mardi Gras parade. I was going to say, call the race from here. this has gotten out of hand pretty yes. quick. But Junior should go sign the bus, right? I'm, I'm signing the bus. Oh, Junior, hey, there we go. There we go. Junior I'm on sign. the same page, man. Hey, this guy right here is a huge Richard Petty fan. I'm a huge Richard Petty fan. We got something in common. Yeah. That's the Flintstones right there, baby. That's the Flintstones. See how I did it? Burton, spot for me. Oh, spot God. for me. Well, people don't understand what race fans do on a weekend is they all get together yeah. and just have a big party. Then they watch a race. That's the last thing that happens. Yeah. Thank you guys Great for being race people. fans. Thank you guys, Thank you guys, for, guys coming. for coming, man. <laughs> what a scene out there. I am serious. That, that car. Whole, that oh, that like car was classic. so much fun. I love you were yes. fully in your element. That I, is the car. That is my element. That those is, are my peeps. That is the car that you were born yeah, to that, drive. Those are my people. Let me tell you, we went up the white bus there that Junior was signing the, the one side. I went up and sat in the dry, in the seat and was closing the door. Burton got on. Junior got on. We were the only people. The guy that owned the bus came around. He was like mad. He saw people on his you bus. He got onto his know. bus before you <laughs> yeah. asked him? And he, and he steps up and he says, oh, my God, you're Kyle Penn. And that's Jeff Burton. I'm a huge Jeff Burton fan. And he said, Dale Jr. standing in my refrigerator. <laughs> and it was like, oh, man, he brought his whole family in. It was, it was really pretty. I'm telling oh, you. Man. Oh, man. He had been in that same – he's been in that same spot, been going to, to Michigan for 38 years. 38 years wow. they come and camp there in the infield. There's some huge race fans that oh, come to Michigan. Man. How would you describe the enthusiasm? Did you almost wreck that little car, though? Yes, I almost hit the fire truck. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's okay. There would have been a paramedic on the spot. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it would have been right there. So we'd it's have okay. to throw a caution for a couple of different things that Kyle Petty was doing in the yes. infield. He shows up to work with that cooler around yeah, his that neck. Yeah, that cooler was around done, By the way, we've started, um, I take we've started a very, very troublesome <laughs> trend here. It's surprising we got it off you for this show. <laughs> Look, now I love this pop-up camper. I swear, 
This guy said uh, it was a 1972 model. I think he he just leaves it there. There's my guy in the <laughs> car, car. Yeah. us. Right. Were, we went everywhere. The, the car had a stereo system. How just long so did you, you spend know. out there? Did you spend about, what, an hour, a little bit over an hour out there? Listen, you know, we were out there for an hour, but, you know, it seemed like that long because it was really? priceless. Really? That's just cool. Priceless. Magical. I actually heard I'm use magical. We couldn't find Kyle the next morning. Yeah. So <laughs> we lost him out there. <laughs> that hour became a little long. Yeah, I stayed out there. I stayed <laughs> out there. Sorry. Oh, man. I hope we send you out there sooner rather than later. It looked like a lot of fun. We are going to wrap things up when we come back with a look at our NASCAR Fantasy Live Leagues. Probably not going to be as much fun considering how we are doing. Which one of our broadcasters, though, is on top coming out of Michigan? The answer when we come back to it. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Swept the truck, Xfinity, and Cup races last August. Do not miss the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series at Bristol, the last great Coliseum. Saturday night, 7.30 Eastern. That one is right here on NBCSN. We hope you are with us. Bristol could turn our NASCAR Fantasy Live League completely upside down. But here's where our broadcasters stand heading into the Saturday night. So we got Marty Snyder leading the group by just nine points over Lee Diffie, Jeff Burton, Nate Ryan, and Roto World's Dan Beaver also in the top five. The Beave, by the way, always has great fantasy advice on Roto World, so make sure you hit him up all the time if you need something like that. The three of us are struggling a little bit, but you and I both picked Kevin Harvick to win, so I feel like... I we, did, yeah, yes. Yeah, we could be maybe be on the comeback trail. I didn't. All right, so Sunday night at, on Victory Lap, we had great questions from the fans. Use the hashtag Victory Lap, send us all your stuff, what you're thinking, and we always answer them live on the show whenever we can, whenever we have the show, and we got a really funny one. <laughs> about what happened at the end. What was that? Was that near stage two? Do you guys at home remember? This is from Darth Hendrick. Remember when this fan came in and gave Junior like a little side eye? So this must be like our press media box. And then directly adjacent to that, people enjoying the race, some sponsorship, getting some food, grabbing some chicken or maybe a Danish. And that guy had no idea that he was just front and center in the middle of the race. And we gave, Steve Tart gave the play-by-play here. But what I like is the side eye going, man, that's still Junior and Jeff yeah. Ah, uh, you know what? I still want this thing. I still, I still want, want this thing. <laughs> still give it. No, let me have this. it. Let me have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He looked at them like, yeah. should I be doing this? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm just yeah. going to do it. That was one that we missed on Victory Lap, but I wanted to get it in because uh, there's a big <laughs> debate during our race coverage about whether you go Danish or blueberry muffin and the side eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was big. It was really big. Um, another thing that was sent to us on Victory Lap was from um, somebody who wanted to know, Parker, you had mentioned that because Kevin Harvick won this race, that meant that Kyle Busch was probably going to get the next one. And so somebody sent us a tweet that basically was kind of checking you on that. Does this automatically yeah. mean that one of the big three is going to answer with a win at Bristol? And, I mean, you look at Kyle Busch's track record there. Well, and it really isn't because Kevin Harvick won that I thought that maybe that that's why <laughs> yeah. Kyle Busch is going to win. It's more that his track record at Bristol, yeah. right? It's oh, what he yeah. does and how good he is at Bristol. I right. felt like Kyle Busch is going to win at Bristol. But it, I think, yes, it goes back to the fact that these two are trying to one-up each yeah. other each week. Yeah, if we go back to Isn't Chicago. Is that what I just said? Yeah, yeah but if we, if oh. we, listen, if we go you back to Chicago. To. Oh, okay. Yeah, if we go back to Chicago. Very and throw important Daytona clarification. Yes. Yes. So you guys think Kyle Busch has this thing 
wrapped up. Or two X. Heading to the weekend. Well, I, I, think we're just I think we're just in a we're rotation. Gonna a, we're going to do a big three rotation. Okay, yeah. so this is your friendly reminder. You know who's going to win the truck race? Who? Me. Oh. Repair we're not the there yet. Scoreboard. We're not there yet. Um, that's a friendly reminder to send us your questions all week long. We'll be here on NASCAR America all week. For all your news, you can always log on to NBCSports.com as well. We'll see you tomorrow at 5 p.m. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.